Um, Montilla Garcia, um, you're with the perfect puree of Napa. And I have to tell you, I have a long history with your company. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, well, uh, I was in on the original um, uh, Women's Chef and Restaurant Tours group. Oh, wonderful. And and our right from the very um right out of the gate, uh, perfect puree was as our uh, one of our sponsors. Right, so, right. Yeah. So we, we had a lot of all of us had a lot of perfect puree in our refrigerators <laughs> or in, <laughs> not in the refrigerators in the pantry, I guess I could say. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So it's it's not news to me, but you do have a new product and I hadn't touched base for such a long time. I thought that since you were introducing a new product um, at the Fancy Food Show in Las Vegas, it might be a good uh, way, a reason to circle back and and get the, the word out a little bit about this yeah. company. Uh, could you give us just a, like when and who founded it? Yeah, so our, our uh, company was founded by Tracy Hayward, um, and so uh, we're actually celebrating our 35th anniversary this year. Um, so in 1988, uh, Tracy, at the time, she had culinary arts training from Paris, France. Um, yes. She came back to the States, um, and she was kind of at a crossroads on, on what she wanted to do. Um, she came from a long line of entrepreneurs. And um, she saw an opportunity because a lot of uh, restaurants and uh, bars, they were using European brand purees. Um, So at that time, there was no well-established American-made puree brand. So she saw an opportunity there, um, and she started the company. And she actually had to sell her home for capital. Um, Oh, no. Yeah, and she moved in with her parents. So the first perfect puree office was uh, her parents' house. And the the first delivery truck um, that delivered puree was actually her Volvo, which was a station wagon, <laughs> which is a, a cute little tidbit. Um, but yeah, over the years, like uh, we went from eight flavors to now we have over forty, and we now sell through a rich uh, distribution network. And uh, yeah, the the brand has grown so much over the last few years. Well, okay. and the, the thing I remember the most about it was how it was so direct, simple, and pure. I mean, that's exactly. what I always think of. of yeah, with and the, that's, that's exactly what we aim to do. Now, um, mainly you you market to um, chefs and restaurateurs and food service people, um, but you, you've made a little effort lately to also um, raise your profile with home cooks. Is that because of the the times people were were getting more cookbooks for home cooks and all of this? Is it post? Yeah, I, yeah. But, uh, food service has always been like our, our primary uh, market that we um, that we sell to. Um, but home users, and even just in the last, I don't know, I would say ten fifteen years, um, home cooks. Um, you know, they've expanded their palates. They're looking for uh, more exotic fruits. Um, so there's definitely growth there. Um, but it's still, like, our product is packaged in fairly large jars that are meant for food service. Um, but we do have a loyal uh, consumer fan base that purchase from our website. 
Yeah, I, I told you my um, my early history with the um, organization called Women's Chefs and Restaurateurs. Um, we all had pantries stocked with this and refrigerators and freezers stocked with perfect puree um, because you were one of our right out of the gate uh, sponsors. And uh, so, I mean, I knew what it was right away. So, um, but I hadn't heard from a long time. You've really expanded. I mean, did people come to you saying, I wish I had? Oh, yes, very much so, yeah. Um, we we have people calling, you know, every, every day asking how to purchase our products. Um, and they're available in most uh, produce and food service distributors and broadline distributors already. Um, but we have a very loyal fan base. And, and like you, um, there's, you know, customers that have been using our flavors their whole career, um, and it's their preferred brand, so it's really wonderful. Now, now, there are lots of other companies in this business. It seems kind of obscure. Yeah, and it's it's definitely more of a food service thing. Like the you know average okay. consumer, they're they're not they don't even know what puree is, and they're like, how do you use it? Um, so it is more something that's oriented, in, you know, in the culinary industry, bartending industry, and uh, brewers, uh, beer brewers are actually using our flavors now as well. Now, yeah. Is it is it all right for for people like me to spoon it out of the jar? <laughs> yes, yeah, lots of people are tempted to do that. You can ask them to do that. <laughs> it, it's 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 very it's not you just give way to the temptation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you don't have to do a lot with it if you want to just you know take a little bit of it and top it on yogurt. Um, or put it in a smoothie. It's you know you can't go wrong with it. It's a good product. It always tastes good. So yes. it's fun to experiment. Now, yeah. what, what what makes your version so special? Is it is it how carefully you source the fruit? That, that yes, goes in yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm going to ask about the process. I mean. How do you do this on a commercial basis? I mean. Yeah, so we, we source fruit from uh, growers all over the globe, um, and we, we source from growers that typically have like a, a processing plant next to them so the fruit can be processed as soon as possible. Um, so the fruit is picked um, at the peak of ripeness, and then within hours um, it's brought to a processor where it's graded, sorted, and washed. Um, then the fruit is pureed, and the machines, they extract the seeds and the skin and then strain the puree into a fruit pulp. Now, how many, well, overall, how many different products do you have? Uh, so we have 41 flavors, um, and so some of those are purees, um, some of those are concentrates, some are zests, and some are blends. Yeah, the zesting was, I mean, when did you start zesting? Because I don't remember that from my long history with your company. I don't remember zest. Yeah, so we have a, a lemon zest and orange zest, and our newest flavor is lime zest. Um, yes. So the, the lemon and orange, we've had them for quite a few years. I, if I had to guess, I would have to say maybe 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the zest, is, it's the outer peel of the citrus fruit that's been zested, 
um, which is a very painstaking process if you try to do it by hand, um, very tedious. Yeah, especially if you don't want the white pith, which is bitter. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, because you, you can ruin a whole batch of zest just by getting a little bit of that pith in there. Um, so that's why bakers find our zest to be such a lifesaver. Yeah, that's one of the things that's used in is baking. You you had demos at the Fantasy Food Show um, with uh, using the lime zest in cookies, was it? Yes, yeah, and just the the aromatics of our lime zest is amazing. So yeah, we've been we've been doing a lot of baking with it. We made some madeleines um, and some uh, shortbread cookies, and it's just incredible flavor. That was that was the one I was going to ask about. That was it. That was in the recent batch of of, uh, of your product that, that that arrived to to oh, tempt yes, us to yes. spoon out of the jar. What were you going to ask? Oh, I just I just wanted our guests to know that that we that we we lined up to taste the lime version as soon as it arrived. Oh yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it's hard to, to get these flavors. Um, first of all, fresh, but secondly, to sound, to actually taste like they're unprocessed. I mean, I guess you have tricks to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and and that's that's the thing is, a fruit can be so temperamental. Uh, you know, crop to crop, the flavor can really vary. Um, so even if you did want to make your own puree at home, um, you're going to have to heavily process it to try to get a you know flavor profile that's uh, close to what we produce. Um, and uh, it's actually two to three times more economical to use our products for restaurants and bars versus hand pureeing fruit, um, considering the labor, because um, restaurants are facing labor shortages, and then the cost of produce you know is increased. Um, so looking at all those factors, um, our product, um, not only is it easier to use, it, it's also more consistent. And yes. um, the, the flavor profiles, you just they're, they're uncomparable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this freshness that, that you know, it doesn't taste like you, you bought it and stored it at all. Exactly, yeah. And we, we use all natural ingredients. Um, it's non-GMO. Uh, vegan, gluten-free, and also kosher certified. Uh huh. Um, what What are some of your favorite uses for it? <clears throat> oh, there's so many different uses. Um, you can really you can use all of the flavors in um, savory to sweet dishes. Um, you can use it for marinades, uh, for meat. You can make it um, into a vinaigrette. Uh, you can use it in condiments, um, fillings, icings, uh, or baked goods. You can make ice cream with it or sorbet. Um, and it's huge for cocktails as well. Um, the cocktail craze kind of started, it was, you know, early 2000s uh, where bartenders were going back into the kitchen and they were stealing the jars of puree from the kitchen um, and using them in their bars. So a beverage has been a huge uh, segment for us as well. Right. I mean, you you say there are all these competitors. I I really don't know of any. I mean, are there names you'd recognize? And and or, well, or is it only? Hmm? <laughs> I said that's always good to hear. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I guess if you were really big into food service, you'd probably have a, a deeper knowledge of, of these. Yeah, it's just it's European brands that have been, you know, in, in the business longer. Um, but, you know, it's wonderful to support an American-made company. And um, like the Culinary um, Institute of America, um, they use our products. So there's a lot of, you know, pastry chefs in training that they get started using our products and then they continue to use it throughout their career. Well, that's good. That's very good, yeah. A very wise placement of your product there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the same was when they were sponsoring the Women's Chefs and Restaurant Tours. I mean, went right to the source there. Exactly, so. yeah. And I mean, if somebody had asked me, I wouldn't have been able to name an, another source for that product, period. So, um, what is your most in-demand flavor or puree or what, what type? Yeah, we have, well, we have so many flavors that, you know, it's just depending on your usage. Um, there's a, a lot of popular ones. Um, we... Uh, Yuzu is actually, we have a Yuzu Luxe Sour, which is a blend. Um, and Yuzu is a fruit that is currently trending. It kind of started off last year, and it's trending even more this year. Um, and the funny thing is that this is a flavor that we launched back in, I believe, like 2008, 2009. Really? Um, yeah, and so at, at the time, um, you know, it, it, many people knew what a Yuzu was, but it wasn't quite on trend yet. Um, which is something we, we find that, you know, we'll launch a product and then years later that, that flavor will finally take off. Yeah, no, I mean, you couldn't, I mean, can you now get fresh yuzu in, in, imported or not? I mean, for a long time you could only get the juice. Yeah, it's, um, it, yeah, so it's an Asian fruit. Um, I think if you have Asian markets probably in your area, I'm sure metro areas can probably source it, but... A lot of our fruits, they can be hard to source locally. Yeah. We just got um, a product sample of these miracle berries. Have you heard of those? Oh, I think I have, yes. Yeah. So, But you, you eat these and it does something to your taste buds. Yes, um, yeah. And everything tastes fun. sweet. <laughs> I can't wait to test it on my grandkids. <laughs> there you go. Here, have some of this and now look. Let's see you suck on this pickle. <laughs> so, um, it, the uh, are are you just located in in the United States, or do you have market share around the globe? Um, we do distribute um, to Canada and Mexico as well. Um, we do have a larger distributor that exports to other countries. Um, but for right now, the, the bulk of our business is mainly in the United States. Huh. So, but um, everybody's into this exotic produce now. I mean, it has to be difficult to keep up your inventory when everything keeps expanding possibilities, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, we are, our production team is amazing. They're always working on finding new suppliers. Um, and especially, you know, there were supply chain challenges um, last year, a year before. 
um, which was hard for all brands to uh, to work through. But um, right now, our, our inventory is as good as it's ever been. So we have product; it's available. And um, so, in any flavor you're looking for, you can definitely find it now. Right. Um, now, the you do savory as well as as uh, sweet, I should say. Yeah, um, yeah, so our, our more savory flavors would be our, our red jalapeno puree, um, but it's also it's a flavor that you can use in sweet applications as well. Like um, some confectioners have used it with chocolate and a truffle uh, to add a little bit of heat to the chocolate. Um, and then also we have a chipotle sour blend. Um, so that's a, it has the spice from the chipotle, then it also has some citrus juices, and that makes an excellent margarita. Oh uh, yeah, you did you did a demo of that at the Fancy Food Show too? Huh? Yes, yeah, we, we've we've done that one before as well. Right. Well, I mean, I can see you just growing and growing and growing, actually, because uh, it seems to be that everybody wants whatever's new. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so you, that's something that we, we do keep in mind um, trends, you know, when we're producing new flavors. Because um, sometimes, you know, trends come and go. Um, and we try to keep more of, you know, the staples in mind. Like, what's a long-lasting flavor that's, you know, not going to be a trend that comes and goes? Uh-huh. Right. I mean, what what's a, a, something that comes and goes as an example? Ooh, let me see. Here. Trying to think, there was one a couple years ago. I cannot think of it. Oh, I can't either. But well, I mean, I, I know the, that you're the right. The trend came and went. <laughs> the what? I said the trend came and went. Yeah, I mean, I know that this happens a lot, actually. Um, if if somebody is a um, not a food service person who wants to to try them, um, what would you suggest? How would they access the, the yeah, your website? Uh, yeah, our website's the best bet. Um, there are a few retail stores that do purchase our flavors, um, but again, it's it's not really a you know a consumer product. Um, not a lot of people know how to use it, but some retail stores do stock it still. So there's always a chance you can find it in your local specialty retail grocery store. Um, but besides that, you can purchase the full line of flavors on our website. You can purchase them by the jar, and those will ship frozen to you overnight. That's good news. And and, and the website is? Uh, perfectpuree.com. Okay. And, and do you use accent marks on the puree or just straight spell out? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, perfect, the word perfect, and then the word puree, so P-U-R-E-E dot com. Okay, sounds good. Well, listen, I, I know, um, Montia, that you, you stood into this last minute, and I really appreciate <laughs> your doing that. And, of course. Yeah, and uh, I, I love talking to you, and this, for me it's also a little bit of nostalgia reconnecting with uh, this product that I I loved for so many years. So, oh, again, let's be sure to, to up your your bar game, and particularly I think with yeah. perfect puree. Uh, and as you heard on the website, it's perfectpuree.com. Well, Matia, thank you, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much. It was nice speaking. 
Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Miraculous, we started the recording. (laughs) We did, you did. (laughs) We're we're talking uh, to Phil Hemmings. Um, You and I have been corresponding now for quite a long time. (laughs) We finally got our acts together to get this. uh, um, And in the meantime, um, we have, and particularly Peter has, been eating tons of your fine chocolates. Uh, So Mm. we're going to talk about your company, Ross Chocolates, um, and let's start it. Now, you, how are you related to Ross Chocolates? Well, I, um, I, I'm looking after the, the, the sales over here. Uh, the, uh, I was hired because I have had a few companies in the past, and so uh, you know, I know more than just the sales area. I, you know, I can help out and, you know, uh, research and development for new products, the packaging, uh, you know, a, a host of other areas. And that, that's why it was... Um, and you are Canadian. To, to you are Canadian I because Canadian. I heard you say out. <laughs> that's, that's, you, can't, you can't fake that one. That's Canadian. <laughs> well, you know what? Most, most people are saying uh, they're surprised I'm Canadian. They say I, I speak uh, more like an American, and, and maybe because I went to school in Michigan, and so I spent a lot of time down oh, in the Where do you go in Michigan? Actually, Grand, Grand Rapids. It's uh, Kelvin College. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, yeah, because I was in Ann Arbor. Oh, the big campus. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, isn't it huge? It's, I mean, I haven't been for a while now, but it, the last time I was there, it was so enormous. It just ate up the whole town at Ann Arbor. It's not a good place to be right now either. Yeah, and then we have yeah. poor, yeah, poor Michigan State. What a shame that is. But yeah. it's like that every day. Every day there's something else. But let's talk chocolates. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you you have a lot of... of um, business experience, uh, sales experience, um, but tell us something about Ross Chocolates in particular. Um, we know that the company makes fine products because um, Peter has been, excuse the expression, gorging himself on your chocolates. <laughs> I love Peter. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but, you know, he could do that. I mean, he could do that because he doesn't ever gain an ounce anyhow. But he could also do that because of um, how they're made and, and what they consist of. Uh, they are um, premium, keto-friendly, sugar-free, which otherwise would sound like a total contradiction, except they're also delicious. Give us some picture of the company uh, and its backstory, and then we'll talk products. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a really cool backstory, too, Anne. Um, The company was founded by a guy named Bob Ross. Now, not the painter Bob Ross that he might be picturing, uh, which comes up a bit, but our Bob Ross was a chocolatier who lived in uh, in Canada. Uh, He he loved premium chocolate. Uh, One day he was diagnosed with diabetes, so he had to do a full pivot, uh, figure out how is he going to – still be able to enjoy chocolate uh, as well as other uh, people 
that were a similar uh, condition as his without spiking blood sugar levels. So he came up with a great formulation that accomplished that. And that was oh, 26 years ago. Um, so since then, we've been one of the best-selling uh, no-sugar-added chocolates in Canada. Uh, that that foundation with the diabetes is that we are the only chocolate company that supports diabetic research with a portion of all of its sales. Uh, so you're not the only that. sugar-free chocolate, are you? We're not the only sugar-free chocolate, for sure, but uh, we're the only one that, that supports diabetic research with, with a portion of sales, for sure. It and you also, you taste good. I mean, a lot of these... Well, I mean, I have a problem with some of these nutrition-based food products, specialty food products, because they taste like, I mean, like gluten-free. Some of that stuff tastes like cardboard. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and, you know, it tastes And healthy. sugar-free. <laughs> you, you, you use stevia in your products, and, and a lot of um, uh, a, a lot of the, the stevia products taste chemical, and yours don't, but... Why? Why did they not? Well, it, it took a while to get there. We had to do a, a lot of experimentation uh, to be able to, A, to find, find the right stevia for one thing, uh, find the right amounts and the balances and all that sort of stuff. Because, yeah, I totally agree. Um, sugar-free chocolate uh, is not where it used to be. Where it, uh, it used to be brown chalk. Uh, it's kind of the flavor profile from what I remember. Uh, however... Uh, things have improved a lot. I know we've got, a, 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 as you mentioned, a great flavor profile. Um, other companies have have improved as well and just in the sugar-free uh, side of things. Um, so it's... It's been uh, it's been a struggle, um, but uh, you know we we've just just stayed at it and made sure we've done a lot of experiments to get where we're at. Now, for for our, for our listeners who are puzzled about this substance called stevia, can can you fill us in a little bit on that? I mean, it's almost like it was discovered not very long ago at all. Yeah, well, it's. Um Stevia, yeah, it's it's a plant uh, that uh, is uh, just a small amount is uh, can sweeten something up about I think it's 200 times or, or something like that is is uh, the ratio. Uh, however, really our main sweetener in that uh, stevia is something people know, but urethritol is is probably the main sweetener that's in our product. Now, urethritol is a sugar alcohol. I think uh, kiwis, watermelon, that sort of thing. So it's naturally occurring uh, that uh, that we use in our, in our product. Now, we use urethritol instead of maltitol, which is the, the leading um, alternative sweetener. Maltitol tastes great and it's cheap. However, if you have a sensitive system, it can cause a lot of digestive issues, to put it nicely. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, gas, bloating. And worse, um, urethritol, which, which we use at Ross Chocolates, is processed through the urinary uh, tract, which avoids a lot of the, 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 the sorry the digestive issues. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's why it doesn't taste like that fakey chemical stuff that most of the. I mean, they keep at my gym. They keep a, a 
a plate of um, on a pedestal no less of sugar-free candy which i don't know why they bought it because it's the worst tasting stuff you've ever tasted it's a hard <laughs> candy but it tastes like you're ingesting chemicals but most of that stuff that they sell the um, whatever they call it functional foods taste like yeah. chemicals yours actually tastes like chocolate yeah thank you yeah it's um you know, again, it, it's it's a lot of trial and error there, but we feel we're on the right track. Um, you know, we've we really tried to, uh, you know, we're coming up with new lines all the time as well, and looking at something you know more functional. Uh, you know, as far as in future products. Uh, right now, though, you'll, you'll find our product is a high fiber and high protein. Uh, so we're, we're probably one of the that's why the keto that, uh, people love you. Exactly, and we're talking two to three net carbs, depending if uh, we're talking the milk chocolate or the dark chocolate. Yeah. yeah how many products we, do you have? Well, we have uh, about twenty-two different lines now. Now, what happens? We had started originally with bars and minis, which I think I, I sent you, yeah. um, and we're we're all ready to to go into the launch into the U.S. It was about. Uh, about two and a half years ago, three years ago. And so we made sure we had uh, our plant was was top-notch, so it's a BRC certification we had. We upgraded all of our equipment, and then we started the launch in the U.S. And unfortunately, COVID started the launch in the U.S. at the same time, so it oh, <laughs> really backtracked us. <laughs> but what it did do is give us an opportunity to really relook at what we're doing, the, the, the SKUs we're offering, um, the, uh, you know, uh, and again, looking at our flavor profile, seeing what improvements we can make there. Uh, so after COVID, we had come up with several new products, baking chips, so sugar-free added dark baking chips, sugar-free added milk baking chips, uh, chocolate-covered nuts that were sugar-free. Yeah, you know, so, yeah we like that. Uh, oh, yeah, those are probably, I mean, my consideration, one of our best products. Uh, we also came up with a, a gifting product, too. Uh, did you get the Le Gourbois? The yes, which? I uh, think so. It's in a box. Le Gourbois. Oh, yeah, 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 we yeah. did, yes. Did yeah, you have that uh, one? I haven't cracked that one yet, but it's it's coming oh, It'll be on the list, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's a great product, too. You know, zero uh, percent added sugar, sustainable cocoa. All of our chocolate is made from sustainable uh, chocolate. We want to make sure farmers uh, are paid what they deserve. Um, and we want to make sure that our product is GMO-free. We want to make sure it's gluten-free. We want to make sure, again, that I, you know, I said earlier that uh, we have a multitol free product there. So... Now, uh, who, who, where, 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 are you, where are you sourcing, Phil? Uh, we source from a number of locations. We have some from Africa, and we are looking at some South American um, cocoa companies to uh, import from there as well. So it's finding that mixture of cocoa mass and liqueur from different regions that we're able to come up with our unique are your unique flavor profiles. Now go, go back to that box with the name I can't pronounce. Tell, tell uh, us a little bit more about that guy. What is this? Do it again. It's called, 
Yeah, le guabois. It's it's uh it's it's challenging, I know. Uh, but where the story comes from, it, it's kind of neat. It's le guabois is a cafe in Paris where guys like M- Monet and Van Gogh would get together. Oh, right, to yeah, show yeah, their that's art. I right. And they had to go there because the main art gallery in Paris was like, no, you guys are way too far out there. You know, your work is kind of crazy. And so they weren't bringing them in. That was the only place they could show their work. And that's, that's how they got their, their start. So every skew from this line of Le Guabois has got a different painting from one of the great uh, Impressionists. Okay, so, so you, you honor them with your brand. Exactly. It's telling their story. Yeah. Well, um, I used to have a, um, a screen saver uh, with all the Impressionist artists on it from the Dorsey in Paris. And I, have, I ah. haven't had that for a while. But they were very liberal in passing that out. I don't know why they would pass by, you know, Brandon with your company, actually. <laughs> so... Yeah, he, he, so yeah. You, you, you remember the guy who, who's, who, want, who want, wanted us to import his chocolate into the UK, I mean into the oh. US. Yeah, he was, you know, he, he, he was a teeny tiny producer. He was in San Remy. Yeah. Home, right. Home of, well, home, yeah. home, of, home, of, home of Van Gogh. But, but they had, they had they, their, their chocolate came in little squares. And all the the ones that didn't didn't match the shape they were supposed to be were put in a bowl on the counter, and you could help yourself to as many <laughs> much, as, much as you wanted. Picked need, out, didn't you? <laughs> need, needless to say, we, we we took just a few. We didn't we didn't, we, we didn't want to be accused of being greedy. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the problem we, with that was actually, I mean, I was really tempted to. I've never done any importing, but. Um, the, his artisanal production was such that it, all the product had to be air freighted to the U.S. And, mm-hmm. and by the time you paid for the air freight, you couldn't afford the chocolate. <laughs> well, that's, really you know what, that's, one the, that, that's one of the challenges with, with chocolate, um, uh-huh. you know, especially down in, the, in the Texas and California and Florida and these, these places. Uh, you know, we have to send it over there two-day, two-day uh, air show. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. It can't be it's in, gonna melt in otherwise. the heat. Yeah, I mean, we don't have preservatives or anything like that that some of the, uh, you know, the mainstream yeah. chocolate companies have in theirs, which kind of, you know, gives a little bit of nutrition, helps protect against that. You know, uh-huh. ours is pretty basic uh, ingredients. You know, it's a pretty small ingredient set that we have, which is which is good, you know, where you we, we want just the basics there. Now, do Canadians like chocolate? I mean, the English, the English love chocolate. The French oh, love chocolate. Yeah, what about Europe is where it's at for chocolate. Is that right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, here, oh yeah, we, we're not just about maple syrup up here. We like chocolate too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, good, good. You have the French and the English in there that would certainly love chocolate. So we That's we did it. interview a chocolatier from um, from Israel who went and studied chocolate making in Paris and and took you know all her knowledge back only to find out that there wasn't much of a market for chocolate in Israel. 
<laughs> most of her product is exported. So, although that was wow, a while back, it's probably better now. Yeah. So now, are you winning awards all over the place, or what? We do. Uh, we we are winning quite a bit of awards. We've um, gluten free is a year award. Uh, I know some of our packaging has done well. Um, we just won an award oof, about a month and a half ago for um, being a best sugar free chocolate manufacturer in Canada. So we're we're fighting for recognition. That's for sure. Um, uh-huh. You know, you know, it's getting out there. It's one of the things, we were one of the best-kept secrets for a while. We, we originally had our products in actually the pharmacy department of all things. We weren't, weren't in confection and candy we, uh, because that's where all the diabetic supplies were. And oh, so, no. Talk about killing yeah. the product. Well, it's not a fast-moving uh, aisle, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, when I first, yeah. But you know what? When, when that's the first thing I did when I when I came here is, is try to dress up the packaging a little bit more because, you know, we want to get out in the confection area where where there's some volume, and and that might have been harder in the past for sugar-free chocolate because as we talked about earlier, some of the flavoring wasn't all that good and, and accepted by people. Um, but certainly now the market we, we see is shifting. You know, a lot more stores are expanding their sugar-free sets and including uh-huh. uh, more and more sugar-free chocolates and other uh, confession into their, their mainstream sets. Uh-huh. Uh, so I really felt that we had uh, an, an opportunity there. And so um, we brought in a designer that was able to really um, dress up the outside of the bag to really match the quality of, of what we have inside the bag. Uh, one thing we do get compliments about a lot is, is our packaging, uh, but but we felt that was what was needed really just to get the people to to stop for a few seconds to pick our product up. And so um, we've shifted focuses a little bit in the last few years and and moved more into that uh, mainstream confection and uh, and it's working. We're, and you make uh, co- we're, you we're make actually, cocoa too. Um, we buy the cocoa. And uh, okay. the batter, uh, look here and put it together here. Yeah, well, we don't okay. do bean to bar, but we're next next step up though. Got it. Right. But so with that um, that shift in market, uh, I mean, we're even seeing stores like convenience stores that are are bringing us in now, and and that would have never have happened five years ago. Uh, you mean just listed in? But you're seven bringing in uh, not like artisanal chocolate. You're talking about. Uh, well, they're bringing in our our, our sugar-free chocolates into their so, but they wouldn't stores. have done it five years ago. No, no, it's uh, it would have been it would have been looked at as too niche, too yeah. too small, yeah. uh, slow moving. So yeah, but that's and, becoming a huge niche now. I mean, the yeah. uh, the, the all these um, healthful, more healthful products are coming in on the market. I mean, there's so uh, many. Yeah, a, I, I got to say though, Ann, that um, uh, you know I'm, I'm hearing that, I'm reading it, I'm you know uh, the buyers are saying this, I'm seeing articles about it, but uh, the cash registers sometimes um, don't match right. <laughs> what they're saying because so what people happens? are still buying the high sugar stuff when they go to the store. You know, more, more people are buying better for you, but you know the majority is, is always still going to be the the, the fast sugar stuff. 
Now, what, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your coverage like in the UK? Because my, uh, none, my, none my, yet. My brother is my brother is diabetic, and he likes Ooh, to break the rules. There's got to be a few more like him there too. <laughs> <laughs> there are not yeah. so many. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's the unfortunate thing is we're seeing that diabetes it continues to increase, and uh, um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's going to put us. That's our target market. It keeps growing, and that, that's a sad thing. And that's that's one of the things, one of the reasons why we um, we really feel it's, it's so important to to support diabetic research and be able to, yeah. you know. Do you know what? Find I was very surprised to interview somebody to find out um, what the um, um, what what the capital of diabe- diabetic capital. I don't know how you phrase that uh, of the world yeah. is. You know what country it is. Mexico? No. India. India. India? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. They, they, love that, their, they love their chocolate. Yeah, but no, I think it's mainly because of the um, the, the rice and the, um, I think it's the conversion of carbs into uh, yeah that, that causes it. Uh, we've interviewed some interesting people about that. We've interviewed a great many interesting chocolatiers. It's a good group you're hanging with. So, well, you know so, what? I, yeah, go ahead. I, I was thinking. I was thinking this morning. Um, you know, the, about you two and what you guys do for a living. And I was, I was thinking, you know, I would, next to my job, I would love yours. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, mine. I would love to be in your shoes. Just uh, man, you guys eat at great restaurants. Now uh, uh, you, you're getting um, some of the, some of the best uh, culinary delights in the world. It looks like. We yeah, try. but we also get a lot of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Let you me tell you, <laughs> there's quite a difference between what descriptions of a business or a product sounds like and what the actual experience is. <laughs> Good old marketing. So, what was I, you know, I used to say? What the, the worst thing we ever got was, and now I can't even remember what it was. There's so many things. <laughs> there was a, that was that sweet that tasted. It was made with seaweed. What was that? Rabbit? I forgot. It tasted oh. like fish. It was some kind of candy that tasted like fish. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. That's you what know, we gotta so, do. Chocolate covered smelt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, dear. Well, you know, it, uh, one last thing we need to tell our listeners uh, about um, these chocolates is how did, how did you get them? Well, we uh, definitely uh, online, Amazon, our website, rosschocolates.ca. Um, we've got a great e-commerce uh, a system set up there. As far as retailers in the U.S., um, again, we just started that uh, okay. launch. We started that launch, so we're in Central Market. We we're up and down the West Coast at uh, smaller chains at this time, uh, as well as the East Coast. But it, it's really a growing period right now. Right. Uh, at this time, I'm doing a lot of trade shows. I was down in Nashville a couple weeks ago, Las Vegas a couple weeks before that. And then going down to California in two weeks for uh, Expo West. So it's really right now important for us to get out there because we have all the distribution in place. We have brokers in place. We have the product in place. 
Um, we just gotta gotta get there. Um, well, I hope you get to the. I hope you get to the New York Summer Fancy Food Show because that's that's oh, like the king yeah, of yeah. shows. Let me tell you, three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking actually. I'm looking at my budget to to see if I can fix that one in because that's exactly <laughs> where I want to go next. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's to... the, the one. I mean, it's the it, it's just amazing. There's no way. I mean, we used to be able to cover it, uh, and now three days isn't even close to it. And they have all these ancillary experiences when you're covering the. And then, and then you're down, you're downtown Manhattan to start with too. Oh that's yeah, the right. It also, that's great. Well, but, anyhow, um, Phil. I thank you very much for talking to us. And uh, again, listeners, it's Ross Chocolates. And you won't be sorry if, if you take care of your, your health needs through this. And it satisfies your taste buds just as well. So go Ross Chocolates. And thank you, Phil. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ann Peter. You guys okay. have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.